Welcome aboard. I'm Brad. I'm Eric. And I'm Scott. Welcome to My Ship Story Podcast. This is a podcast where we invite crew members, both past and present, to tell their stories about life at sea. So come up to the pool bar and grab a drink. Sit back, relax, because it's time for My My Ship Ship Story. Story. (laughs) That was terrible. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> this is this one I'm talking about, Chris. Wait, wait here we go. This is what I'm talking about. Dang it. Welcome, everybody. Oh, welcome, everybody. You've been drinking already? <laughs> Started early? Oh, yeah. Gosh, I've got to be, I've got to be half in the bag. Sundown, man. Started. Sundown. <laughs> Gosh, I can't do this. I can't do these things completely sober. I get too nervous. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to another episode of My Ship Story Podcast. I'm Brad. Got with me, Scott, Eric. Let's check in with Scott. Scott, what you got going on today? Uh, nothing much. Just enjoying the nice weather that's, you know, now we're wishy-washy. It's 80 degrees one day, 60 tomorrow, 80 the next day. So I think we're sliding into tornado weather. So that's always exciting to me. Yep. Uh, Eric, got anything going on? An old shipmate from Royal um, called me saying that his cousin, his cousin's son, wants to go work on a ship and put him in contact with me. So I was talking to him about that. Um, and he just sent me his resume just a couple of days ago. First pull report for the year. <laughs> the vinyl is off. The pool is empty. We're replacing the vinyl, the vinyl lining in the pool because it was it had they had a tear in it. There's so getting 12, that done. 12 grand job. No, it's not that much. It was about 40, 4500 something like that. Still oh, cool. pricey. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so that'll be done. Hopefully by the next episode, I'll have a bright new shiny looking pool that yeah. I hopefully yeah, because you more use it once. so much <laughs> that I will use more than once <laughs> this year. Well, you know, it's probably going to be funny. Well, I don't know if it'll be funny or not, but if I get all this pool stuff done and then never actually use it, yeah. if we end up selling the house. <laughs> Pay $4,500 to go swimming one time, close the pool yeah. and move to a new house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, uh, pool season's coming up. And like Scott and, and I were talking about, we were talking about mushrooms. Mushroom season is really getting specific. close. Specifically, yeah, everybody, saying, well, morel for food, morel mushrooms, <laughs> oh, okay. morels, and so I've I've got a place down along the South Canadian River that um, if the weather is right, if we get a little rain and we get some some heat, I mean they're all over down there. So maybe maybe hopefully Scott and I get a chance to go and and hunt some mushrooms soon. So, so when you but, go hunting, like how much how much do you end up finding or picking up as many oh, as you can? Yeah. It really varies. I mean, sometimes uh, we'll get like I I usually hunt with a uh, like a potato bag, like one of those bags oh, with the yeah. mesh potato bags. Right, right. And if you have a really really good day, you can fill one of those up. But more than more yeah, than likely about yeah, more than likely you're getting about a half a bag if it's good. You know, I just like you know I I bought depends. a uh, from a friend of mine. I bought a pound. This is so like drug dealers. I bought a pound a couple of years ago and that, and that lasted quite a while. And I did find out that it's perfectly fine. And, and they, they perfectly come right back. If you freeze, which ones, you know, cause you got to use them fairly quickly. So if you get like a pound yeah. or a ton of them, you can put them in the freezer and just get them out and use them, you know. So, as how needed. do you know the difference between the types of mushrooms? These oh, are very specific. Very, very easy uh, to identify. They look they like look a kind little of sponge. Like, a, like a sponge, and they look yeah. like your brain. They're they're up like they're not like that. They're up like yeah. That, they're a like cone. 
they're a cone shape and they look like a little sponge. Yeah. But, okay. Um, okay. Okay. All right. Let's let's get to our guest. Let's get to our guest here. So we have another guest from the Philippines, which is exciting. And as as you guys, everybody that's worked on a ship knows that um, the Philippines. One of their major things is is so many people from the Philippines work on board ships, and so um, we are so glad to have another person on board because or another person on board the podcast that um, is from the Philippines and kind of gives us that uh, perspective. So, um, welcome to the podcast, Christopher Gambito. Thanks for joining us. Welcome. Thank you. Hi, Chris. Hi. Hey there. Hey, hey, Chris. So tell us a little bit about how you got started on ships. Yes. Hi, my name is Christopher Gambito, and this is my ship story. I was working in Dubai. I was an overseas Filipino worker for seven years in the Middle East. And I started at the Radisson Blue in Muscat in the Sultanate of Oman. And I moved, after four years, I moved to Dubai in United Arab Emirates. And when I reached three years in Dubai, I just realized that there's a need for me to look for another job. So one day, it was my off day, I, I saw um, a broadsheet and an advertisement about a job in a cruise line. So it was an agency, a Bulgarian agency, maritime agency in Dubai. So I just tried to fax my curriculum vitae and my application letter. And oh, so it wasn't it wasn't CF Shark? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, there are tons of I, Filipino uh, agencies <laughs> for people to work on ships. Like I know Maxisai is one of the biggest ones. That that's uh, oh, that see, I see. I only knew CF Sharp, but no. you know everybody called it CF Shark because you know they always <laughs> take your money. <laughs> no, no, Maxisai <laughs> is one of the largest uh, for. Um, for crew. I think they're one of the biggest ones in the in the Philippines. Oh, okay. Well, sorry, Chris, go ahead. No problem. Um, in my case, it was uh, a maritime Bulgarian agency in Dubai. So I was interviewed. And then fortunately, I, I passed the interview and I underwent uh, the training for the safety of life at sea. So it was like um, a two-week training uh, so that I can in order for me to get a um, Siemens record book. So I was, I had my training in the daytime because I had to report to work in the nighttime because I was working in one of the signature cocktail bars in Madinat Jumeirah in Minasalam Hotel particularly. So um, after, like after a month, uh, I received my, my employment um, offer from Actually, it was from Discovery, a uh, different company. And but unfortunately, I was not able to get my U.S. visa. I should join in Miami. The crewing manager assigned me to another sh- uh, shipping company, and it was Oceania Cruises. So I joined Oceania Cruises in Civitavecchia in Italy for my first contract. And when was this? What year? 2006. Oh, oh wow. And what was the job that you got? Um, my first, in, During my first contract, I I got the, the position on board as snack utility. So my Ooh. responsibility Wait, is... Wait, I didn't get what, that. What was it? Snack, snack utility. Snack, snack utility. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. Re- tough, re- tough job. Lots of, yes, lots of hours. It, Yes, yes, sorry, it is. Uh, replenishing food in the buffet, wake up early in the morning to set up the buffet, to place ice cubes on the buffet table. And in the evening, I have to work as, an, as a food expediter. I have to bring the food from the main galley 
to every food stations in the grand dining room. So it was really, it's what, it was really challenging. But uh, I was already 30 years old at the time. I worked with um, other nationalities, like there were, that time there were like five snack utility and, and from a batch, I was the only from the Philippines and I worked with um, Indonesians from Honduras. But of course, I worked with many Filipinos from the whole team from different uh, food and beverage outlets. There were waiters, assistant waiters, sommeliers, and so on. Was it still Apollo on there? Um, Apollo, yes, exactly, sir. Uh, Apollo yeah. is for the Oceania Cruises. Now, yeah, a lot of uh, the Apollo Oceania... was was the F&B department. They they were the concessionaire for the F&B. Uh, right. Yes, yes, yes. And so right. a lot of the Oceania ships were the old, old R ships, the Renaissance ships, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right. You are correct, sir. In fact, they are from Renaissance, and they're and they are now. Uh, they're 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 called uh, sister ships, the Insignia Nautica and the Regatta. And now they have the new ship, which is there is a new ship already, a, a mega ship for Oceania cruises. But during the time when I joined Oceania, it was only three ships, three sister ships. So my first contract was with MS Nautica, and my second contract was with MS uh, Insignia, and my third was with ms regatta yeah i think they were the old r1 r2 and r5 and and i brought i brought all all of those ships out from well no i didn't bring the r r5 out i i joined the r5 just as it came out in france it was that you can hear that story in another thing but i brought out the r1 and the r2 from uh saint nazaire so you're working as snack utility and you thought my god there's got to be a better life than this right (laughs) please yes Yes, you're right in fact um during my first two months uh, i decided to quit and to go back to Dubai because the money that I I earned as a snack utility can be earned when I was in Dubai. I talked with my manager at that time and I disclosed to him about my plan to quit and I need to go back to the Middle East. But then I was uh, I was given a chance by my manager. That time he told me, okay, this evening you try to work in the grand dining. I will assign you as an assistant waiter together with a Filipino waiter. And that very evening, my manager, the Matridi from Italy, told me that from this, from tomorrow, starting tomorrow, you have to change your uniform. So uh, luckily, and I was grateful, forever grateful to them. I was promoted to assistant waiter. So before my contract ends, I was already an assistant waiter. So I was assigned in different outlets, like Inter's Cafe and Grand Dining, uh, everywhere. Let me let yeah. me let and me ask on on when you were a utility, a snack utility. What's the worst job uh, for a snack utility? Um, the worst job for me as snack utility is um, min- maintaining the cleanliness of the buffet, and uh, because with that you have to maintain the supply of ice cubes to the buffet because there should always especially for um, display for cold cuts and fruits and veggies. It should be placed in a station where there are many ice cubes. Are you just running back and forth like more ice, more this, more this, more that? You just, because people are like just going crazy and eating everything. Yes, yes, exactly. And and also for the food, sir. So you have to, and not only uh, replenishing the food, but at the same time, you have to greet the guests. You have to smile. You have to communicate with them. You have to answer if they have questions in the buffet. So it's not only that you are replenishing, but at the same time, 
you are pleasing the guests and at the same time you're pleasing your colleagues as well. But there are colleagues who are standing there because it's a managed buffet. So colleagues, assistant waiters are standing there and um, they are also your boss. It's like they can also uh, tell you what to do. Oh, we need this one. Christopher, we need this one. Some more of this. It was um, challenging, but then, of course, I have the initiative to try with the situation because I think that I was thinking that I decided to work in the ship, so I have to, it should be an initiative in my part to survive. At, at any time working the buffet, did you ever have an unruly customer to want to take all of the shrimp or all of the caviar? <laughs> and you're like, whoa, whoa. Or, or are you like, yeah, take it all? Or do you yeah, ever have course. any of that? Yes, yes, that, uh, that's really a normal setting, but we have to please the guests. So no problems, where we really have to provide to them everything they need from the in, in the buffet. I tell you one thing before we move on past utility snack. When we were allowed to go to the midnight buffet, when they had it back in the '90s, I remember this passenger. You know, like obviously, like crew members that were able to go to the midnight buffet. You had to wait in back of the line before, you know, most of the passengers went. So we had this one passenger in front of us getting in a fight or not physically, but like an argument because the person in front of the lady in front of us took all the caviar. Like they went around the whole thing and took all the caviar and put it on her plate, which left only the sides, like the diced onions and the, and the, and the hard boiled eggs and the, and the little biscuits and stuff. And the lady in front of us was like, she wasn't having, she was all over that person and called the head waiter over and wanted to get security involved. And we were like, can we cut in front of you? Cause I don't want any of that. I want to get to the shrimp. All right, Chris. So you've become a assistant waiter, which is the goal. I mean, uh, utility comes on and that's the, that's the starting position. And the idea is that you put your time in as utility and you get into the dining room and you've made it into the dining room, which is, you know, shows that you had uh, exactly an initiative and uh, you were doing a good job. So how was the dining room for you? When I was promoted as assistant waiter, of course, um, it's, uh, I have a different responsibility, more responsibilities in the sense that um, sometimes I I am allowed to take orders already, especially for dessert, but definitely not for main course. And I have a different set of uniforms, so I'm already wearing a necktie. Of course, my salary increased the time when I was promoted as assistant waiter until I finished my first contract. When I joined my second contract, the same thing. I joined as assistant waiter before my contract ends in my second contract. I was promoted to a waiter. So for That's my third fast. That's, good. That's really fast because I just, unless the company was growing or something, because again, to get promoted from utility steward or utility uh, snack steward all the way up to waiter, in, in two contracts yeah. yeah that's a that's a very very quickly most buffet stewards wait quite a long time to get promoted to waiter can a lot of people fight for that position because the money is a lot better yes that, that's right sir i agree with you third contract i joined i joined as a bar waiter actually i was being offered i was being asked i have to take the waiter in the restaurant as a restaurant waiter or for the bar waiter so I decided to accept the offer as a bar waiter because it is lighter in the sense that you'll just be uh, taking care. You will take care of uh, serving, taking orders to beverages, especially for alcoholic uh, beverages. Is the advancement for everyone here, is the advancement, is that is that a advancement or is that like a lateral? Right? It's sideways yeah. and it's, it's, a, it's probably not quite as 
lucrative as a waiter, but then again, you don't have all the pressure and the responsibility. It's a little easier. Yeah. Hierarchically, if that's a word, it's pretty much a, a, a lateral move, right? Like in the restaurant and the dining room, they have like assistant or junior bar waiters or junior bar stewards. And then they become, you know, bar waiters and the assistant waiter becomes waiter. So they're like on the chart, they're kind of at the same level, but just in a different, the bar section. Now, every ship is different. Like every cruise line is a little different because the Oceania ships were pretty small. So I, I think yeah. they might've had more, you know, more of that co-mingling where generally speaking, a lot of cruise lines, the wait staff, like the restaurant staff and the bar staff are completely separate departments and really don't have a lot to do with one another. But we have to remember that this was not, uh, this was a concession. It was Apollo. Ah, and right. I remember them, you know. Oh, really? They moved yeah, people around like that? They would, they would move people around if, if people wanted to. And, and if they thought somebody was would do better somewhere else, they, yeah. were, they were not opposed to moving people around. Yeah. So that was one good thing about Apollo. Hey, Christopher, um, uh, now that we're going to your bar waiter stuff, let me, let me go one more question in where you were a waiter. Did you ever have any trouble with your fellow waiters stealing your fork or your utensils or plates or, or stuff like that? No, sir. There's no problem with me. I'm good with working with people with different cultures and races because before I joined the ship, I was already working in a highly diverse environment. In Radisson Blue, I was working with different nationalities. Then I moved to Dubai. So when I was in the ship, it was not really hard for me to work with people of different cultures and races. I was far away. Let me ask you a weird question did you ever have anybody order just the weirdest drink did you ever have somebody just order something like what i've never heard of that um not really so in my case because i guess we just order what's in the menu though they ask some substitutions recommendations of course it's just uh, from the menu and anyway for wines different wines wide array of wines will be served but this this will be uh, provided by a sommelier for bar waiters, or bar waiters will just focus with what's in the bar. So we will get commission um, money from commission from the alcoholic drinks that we serve. So let me ask you real quick. Other than with the passengers and stuff, let's go below deck with the crew. Tell us about some fun times, or like your roommates, or if you had like if you had one or two or three roommates, or what life was like with the crew. So when I first joined. Oceania Cruz is my first contract. When I first saw my my cabin, I was really, it's like I was shocked that it's really, it's not that big compared <laughs> from my rooms in a land-based job in hotels. Immediately, I feel, I feel like I feel homesick. I feel like sad and lonely. But then when I met my first uh, roommate, cabin mate, he was nice because he was also an Asian. He's from Thailand. Very accommodating. So he instructed me everything, what to do the policies for the cabin inspection, what to do, things like that. In my cabin, there was no window. So because we are not officers, like... Was uh, it just the two of you? Yes, uh, uh, only me and my uh, Thai cabin mate. The same thing until my third contract. So I always, in a cabin wherein I only have one Oh, that's good. Do you guys ever yeah, hang out like in the crew bar? Like I seldom visit the crew bar because I don't drink. I don't drink. I was working in the bar, even in the Middle <laughs> East. I was working in the bar, but I don't drink alcoholic drinks. So after work, I just uh, go straight to my cabin and just uh, sleep. Only lunch off. That's the time that I can go out, go ashore and 
enjoy the food outside, take some drinks, non-alcoholic drinks. But I don't go to the crew bar most of the time. I just go there to buy some stuff because uh, they're also um, selling some stuff like, for example, um, to- toiletries, things like that. Chris, you sent us an email is kind of how we got in touch with you. And you were telling us a story about a passenger you met. Do you want to get into that one? Or are you ready to go for that? Tell yes. us a little bit about that. Okay. During my first contract, I was working as what I have said, I was working as a snack utility at the time. I met this um, German national guest together with his private nurse. Yeah, he was in a wheelchair and he was always uh, staying in my station. That time, I feel like there's a need for me to help him. Sometimes I offer help in bringing him to his cabin. And then I, if I have time, I have to talk because this is really my, my, my nature when I'm working inside in the restaurant i talk with guests i i love to talk with guests so i talk with the guests that time the ship is scheduled to visit mascot so mascot is one of the ports of call so i was offering i was telling to the guests that um, mascot is a beautiful place i was there for four years four years now muscat is on the coast right yes 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 because i stopped there once on a ship when i was working we stopped in muscat oman it was Uh beautiful yeah and where where is muscat in oman in the middle east and where's monat monat monan oman oman (laughs) it's right next to saudi arabia On the bottom, on the coasts. Okay. So I offered the guests um, a, a city tour in Mascat. I told the guests that sir will be going to Mascat after a few days. So if uh, you want to see Mascat, I can bring you. I will bring you to the to my hotel company before, and so that you will enjoy also your stay here. After that, I asked permission from a manager because, of course. It will be my responsibility to bring to bring this guest in a wheelchair outside the ship. So, now, are they going to let you do that? I mean, that's pretty you, risky. Are you trained yes. for that? Yes, I mean, exactly. do you have to be have an assistant? Exactly, it was very risky. So, my manager told me, sir, that Christopher, if you want to bring that guest outside, so it's your responsibility. What will happen to the guest? Then you have to have to face the consequence. So I decided. Wow, I mean that's a I lot did. of responsibility to put on a snack steward. Well, yes, he yes. was a bar waiter. By this oh, you were a bar waiter at that time. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but either way, there's still a lot of responsibility. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a lot to take on on your own. Yeah. I mean, that's and and the manager was right. I mean, he's like, well, if you want to do it, but you got to face the consequences if anything goes wrong because the, the the ship's not going to stand behind. I mean, the cruise line's not going to stand behind you if you if you voluntarily escort a, a person right. in a wheelchair ashore and, and they get and things go terribly wrong. Like if you're on a on a on a high hill and you start <laughs> to roll them down and it gets too fast and, and you, you just you go. can't keep up and you just let them go and they run they go into traffic and crash a car then you just have to run away i, I don't know if you thought about that chris but that that could happen so i decided sir, um not to to bring the guests so i decided not to bring the guests so during that day when we arrived mascot so did a woman so i was it was not in, already in my mind that I, I will bring him outside so, of course, I, there's a need for me to go out uh, to see my colleagues, my former colleagues in Radisson Blue in Mascat. So when I was in my way, on my way to the gangway, uh, when I was outside already in the gangway, I saw the guest waiting for me, the German guest in the wheelchair together with his private nurse. So he saw me and 
Of course, he said, Christopher, I'm waiting for you. I'm, I'm here now. Let's go out. He said, you told me to bring me outside. So I don't have any choice, but of course, to bring him outside. So I took a taxi. We went to Radisson Blue in Alcolia Street in Alquera. And we had our lunch in Oliver's Coffee Shop. So, and after our lunch, I, I settled the bill. So it was me who paid the bill because, of course, I is my guest. After our lunch, we went to a city tour. So the taxi brought us to the city and I bought some souvenir items for, for them. And then we went back to the ship. The guest gave me a tip. He placed the money inside in an envelope. And then I did not accept the money. I said to my guest, no, no sir, because I'm not asking something in return to the services I extended to you. So the city tour, it was complimentary from me. So don't worry about that. No need for me to give a tip. The guest told me, okay, if you will not accept this one, just give me your address in the Philippines. And one day I will invite you to my country. He said that I gave the guest that my address care of to my sister working at Manila City Hall in the regional trial court because I told him, Sir, this is, if you want to write a letter, uh, this, this is the address. This is the name of my sister. And then after a few days, they disembarked, of course, leave the ship. They stayed for almost a month in Oceania in MS Nautica during my first contract. This is why Americans don't have that job because I would have taken the money and, and maybe asked for more. <laughs> <laughs> but they were they were cruising for a long time if they were on there for a month. Yeah. Uh, was it a world cruise then? From Europe to Asia, sir. From Europe so to Asia. They were just probably linking cruises because we had we had a lot of people that did that. They would, you know, they would catch on a, a cruise where we were going from one place to another and then repositioning and do another cruise. And we had a lot of people on the next ship. Yeah. Hop on. Well, no, stay on the ship, but the the ship would reposition and do a new, a new cruise. Mm -hmm. Am I allowed to continue? Yeah, absolutely. You just, you just keep going. Don't, don't mind us butting in Uh, here. Just keep going. Okay. So after they left, they disembarked, had my vacation in the Philippines and I joined again for my second contract. And then I joined again for my third contract. So during my third contract, I received an email from my sister. My sister in the Philippines emailed me informing me that she received a letter from this guest from Germany. I told my sister to open the letter and read the letter for me. I called my sister over the phone using the phone on board in, in, in the cabin. So I, I bought a, a card, a calling card, uh, a card wherein you can call overseas. I found out that the guest wrote a letter to my sister and looking for me because his private nurse died. And he oh. said to me that, Christopher, I need you. I want you to take care of me. So when can I see you? This is my number. Please call me. So that time I instantly called him up and I was able to talk to him. And it was timely because after two weeks time, I will be going home to Philippines for my vacation. So he said to me that I will see you in the Philippines and uh, I will visit you and see you in the Philippines. So during my vacation, I met him. And so it was the start of of my life where in I decided not to, uh, not to continue with my, sh- my work in the ship because he offered me to take care of him. Then I stopped working in the ship and he offered me about, don't worry about money because I will take care of that. I will support you financially. What How much you earn in the ship uh, will be doubled if you will take care of me. Wow. Nice. Wow. Doubled. 
Did you ask him if he's going to go on a cruise again so he could be a passenger? Actually, sir, he, uh, he offered me that uh, we will go back to ship again for vacation. But then during the time, there were many things to be to be accomplished. Like, for example, decided that I should go back to school and studied education because he told me, you need to go back to school. I want you to become a teacher. So he, he sent me to school, to my university before. And then he bought a house for me, this house now. And then during my 33rd birthday, he bought a brand new car for me so i was working for nine years overseas and i was able to buy a car for nine years that's the most expensive material gift i received ever in my life i mean that's a that's a pretty big expense i was taking care of him for five years now he passed away after the yolanda have you heard of the yolanda the super typhoon that hit aquaban city he wait 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 say that again i didn't understand the super typhoon but what did it hit? Oh, the super typhoon. Okay. The super typhoon, the um, the Haiyan. Oh, yes. I remember that one. When he learned that our place was devastated by Haiyan. Yeah. And I was not able to contact him for two weeks. So he thought that I was, I perished, I died. When I was able to contact him, he was so excited. And then he had his heart attack. Oh, oh no. man. How long ago was this? 2012 was the Yolanda. I remember when that happened. And how, how old was he? He was 79 years old, sir. So when he, oh. he passed away so that is the story and um so 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 he 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 passed away but you he had um he had uh paid for your education and you were on your road to being a teacher and i think you are a teacher now right Yes, sir. I am now a teacher. But before he he died, I was already a teacher because I already had all the licensure and examination for teacher before he passed away, before he died. I was already teaching in a public school, a high school, a public secondary high school in in my place, in my village, before he died. And so at some point, you went back to the Philippines instead of, or you went back and forth to take care of him and the Philippines and you went back and forth? I visited his place in Germany and Austria for uh, for twice. It was winter time and spring time. He always visited me. He always visited me here in the Philippines because he bought a house and he loved the place, uh, the weather. Most of the time, he's the one who will visit me here. He told me that uh, we will stay in Germany, but then my mom was still alive that time. And then my mom was old and ailing. So I decided also to stay in the Philippines and my mother passed away. You know, it's really interesting that, and, and we talk about this all the time, on the, on the podcast that, um, our lives were so impacted from working on ships. I mean, it's hard to imagine what our lives would be like if we had not gone to ships. And I feel like that's almost double for you. You know, none, really a lot of this wouldn't have happened if you hadn't gone to ships, if you hadn't met this passenger, if you hadn't gone above and beyond and helped him and he went above and beyond to help you. Yes, sir. You are right. So that's why. So can you even imagine what your life would be like if you hadn't, if you hadn't gone to ships and met this passenger? Exactly. That's why it was really a good decision. In fact, during the time, by the way, during the time before I joined the ship, I've got an offer also a work in Radisson Blue in Egypt, in Isharm El Sheikh in Egypt. But I decided not to proceed with my offer in Egypt. So I waited for like two months before I got an offer from Ocean Cruises from the ship. So it was really a very good decision that I, I opted to work in a ship rather than to work in a land, land-based job. Really a big help in my life. And uh, I will never forget. I am so forever grateful to to this man because of him i became a teacher and working now in a government service how many contracts did you end up doing 
uh, or years I, on while you were on ships? I finished three contracts, sir. So okay. working with the three ships, three sister ships, three contracts with Oceania. Three contracts. And, and you met this person on your last contract? On my first contract. On the first contract. Okay. That was that was a great story. Is there, is there uh, we're about out of time. Is there anything else you want to leave us? Did you want to tell us a story about the wildest place that you ever did it on the ship or anything like that? Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding you, Chris. I'm kidding you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's something, if you've listened to the podcast, it's something that we ask a lot of people. You don't have to answer that. Okay. <laughs> Tell us uh, so, what the name of what the name what of is the book name is of the book, and, and, and where, where can we find the it? name of the is the name of the book is Cruise Tourism. Cruise Tourism. Yes, it is Cruise Tourism, and my publisher is Beyond Books Publication. Um, the abstraction part were taken solely from my experiences, like my experiences as a professional service staff in the ship, safety and security. Also, I can relate the crew drill, the passenger drill, the tender service, and so on. It's really the, the work experience, my experience in the ship gave me so much advantage in my life. I will never forget the Shania process and the people behind and those who are being used as instrument by God. And of course, I thank the Lord for all of this. And to you, Sir Scott, and the rest for this opportunity to share my story. Thank you. Yeah, that was yeah. great. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. That was fantastic. All right. Well, I think we ought to call it right there. That's, That's a, a great ending. ending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Chris, we're going to let you go. Thank you so much thank for coming so on much. board. Okay. We appreciate you. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Chris. Thank you, sir. Thank Take you care. So much. God bless you all. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, that was a touching hey, story. That was very touching. That was beautiful. He was really he. It, yeah, you can tell really that emotional. really that really impacted him because he he. You could tell he was really uh, choked up about really yeah. choked up. Yeah. Yeah. No, know, I mean obviously it's somebody who who changed the the the, the his. I mean, here's what we talk about what people do and can do for each other. I mean, this passenger just changed, completely changed the trajectory of his life. Yeah. It completely yeah. Bought him changed a house, his life. Bought him yeah. a house, bought him a car, and paid for his tuition. Yeah. yeah. And all because of, you know, obviously feeling grateful for what he did to him to, to help take care of him i mean it's and, you, it's and you could tell you could tell just by talking to him that um chris is a super nice guy hey everyone the ship is about to set sail which brings us to an end for today we hope that you enjoy the podcast for bonus audio and if you would like to see this podcast and video please visit our youtube channel my ship story you can also find us on facebook and instagram as my ship story don't forget to let us know if you're a past or present crew member and if you have a story that you would like to tell or if you like you can email us your story for us to read on the air email us at my ship story podcast at yahoo.com that's my ship story podcast at yahoo.com goodbye for now and be sure to tune in next week same time as we'll have a new podcast every monday bon voyage